Blog Talk Radio. some reason the audio wasn't working tonight. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Golf Talk Live. I'm your host, Ted Odorico, and we've got a great show for you uh, this evening. Uh, sorry about that little little issue with the audio. didn't want to cut out. Um, but anyways, welcome to the show tonight. We are live, uh, as always, every Thursday night from 6 to 8 p.m. Central uh, here on the blogtalkradio.com network, and we're going to start off things here in just a, a few moments, of course, with another great round of uh, the Coach's Corner panel, and I'll bring the, uh, the guys on here in just a, a moment or two. Uh, and then a little bit later on, I'm going to be joined by my very special guest tonight. Uh, he's been on the show before, but uh, he decided he wanted to come back on uh, tonight. And uh, I'm talking, of course, about uh, the program director at Seven Canyons Golf Club in Sedona, Arizona, uh, Dave Bisbee. He's going to be coming on here in the second half of the show. But let me remind everybody, again, we are live every Thursday night from 6 to 8 p.m. Central. Uh, best way to find us is go to blogtalkradio.com, uh, type in Golf Talk Live up in the search key, and that will take you to the show live. Uh, for some reason, if you can't listen to us uh, live, just visit that link at uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash golf talk live, or again, just type golf talk live in the search key and just scroll down to the on demand section. And all of the shows, including tonight's show, uh, are going to be there in their entirety on the recorded version. So you can check it out uh, whenever it's convenient for you. Uh, some other great ways to, to tune in as well is uh, go to iTunes, Stitcher, or tunein.com, and also talkstreamlive.com. And again, just type in golf talk live and uh, you'll be able to find us there and just listen to it uh, when it's convenient for you. Some great ways to also communicate with the show. You can call in during the live broadcast. The number to call is area code 646-716-4667, or you can reach out to me personally uh, with any uh, email questions or comments about the show, and that is at ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. Also, um, last couple of weeks, you've probably heard me mention we've got a great sponsor of the Coach's Corner panel, of course, I'm talking about golfswing.com, so let me just tell you a little bit about them, and then I'll introduce the panel and bring them on. Uh, they've been sponsoring us uh, now for about a month, and a great bunch of guys uh, at uh, golfswing.com, and uh, let me tell you, as I said, a little bit about them. Golfswing, uh, golfswing.com, with its cutting-edge technology, have teamed up alongside some of the best uh, golf instructors, coaches, and swing gurus, if you will, in the business, and together they have created one of the best video teaching and training online platforms in golf. Uh, if you're ready to break 100, 90, 80, or even 70, then join their online video academy and learn from some of the best. In addition to sponsoring the Coach's Corner segment, every week I'll post a different golf instructional video tip. Uh, the last few weeks I've been featuring, of course, uh, one of the uh, guest panelists and also an instructor with GolfSwing.com, uh, John Decker. Uh, this week I'm going to be starting off with another uh, great uh, golf professional, PGA golf instructor, Jeff Mitchell. I'm going to be featuring uh, over the next several weeks uh, some of his uh, videos in their online video academy. So be a different guy every month, 
and I'll be posting that through all of my social media links uh, following uh, Golf Talk Live tonight. So make sure you check that out. Go to my personal page or to the Golf Blog Live, uh, sorry, Golf Talk Live blog page on Facebook, and uh, you can also check it out through Twitter. Uh, or LinkedIn as well, and some other great social media platforms. So make sure you check that out. Uh, again, thanks to the guys at golfswing.com uh, for sponsoring the Coach's Corner uh, panel segment. All right, so let me bring the guys out. Uh, first up, of course, is a uh, good friend, Brian Dobby. He's a PGA Teach professional at the Montclair Golf Club in New Jersey. Uh, he's been a PGA member since 94 and a golf professional since 1991. Uh, teaching, of course, is a passion of his, as, as it is for all of us. Uh, he teaches both the mechanical side and the physical side of golf. Uh, he's been teaching at Montclair Golf Club for several years now, uh, which is home to an outstanding junior program that continues to grow each and every season. Uh, also on the panel tonight is another good friend, Chuck Evans. Uh, he's a Golf Magazine Top 100 uh, teacher, uh, also a Golf Digest Top uh, teacher in America. He's also a uh, Top 50 Growth of the Game teacher, and he's the now the Director of Instruction at uh, the Apache uh, Creek Golf Club in Apache Junction, Arizona and also the uh, owner of Chuck Evans Golf. Uh, also following, uh, rounding up the panel is, of course, another good friend, Peter Egazarian. He's a PGA and TPI teacher professional with the uh, Traconic uh, Golf Club. He's also the head men's uh, golf coach with Massachusetts College and owner of Northeast Golf Performance. And he's the 2017 Northeast New York PGA Section Player Development Award recipient. So guys, Peter, Chuck, and Brian, welcome to the uh, Coach's Corner segment. Ted, thanks uh, for having me on. It's great. All right. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Um, all right. So, guys, let me just uh, let me just say this, that um, before we start, um, and I was about to say it just before we went live on air, uh, it, everything seems to check out tonight, so I don't think we're going to have any problems. But for some reason, if, if uh, you have to do something or whatever and you're not the one talking, uh, just be mindful that uh, a lot of the mics in, in today's uh, uh, new equipment sometimes will pick up a lot of background noise. So if you're in a situation where there might be some additional noise, if you're not the one talking, uh, please just mute your mic temporarily and uh, and then bring it back on when, when it's your turn to speak, just to help keep some of the background noise out. But anyways, um, I think, Brian, I think I was going to start with you. So these are some questions that I get, guys, uh, over uh, you know the last year, and I've sort of piled a bunch of them together, and I thought I'd throw a few out here uh, tonight for discussion and some of them I know are going to be very basic. And I want to just preface this first off. These are some commonly asked questions in golf um, that obviously it depends on the level of player and everybody is, is individual uh, in, in their game. So we have to keep that in mind. But these are sort of some general questions, if you will, that I get asked. And I'm sure you guys have been asked along the way. And I just thought that we would maybe add, uh, shed some light and maybe clarify a little bit. So, Brian, I'm going to start with you. And this is a question that really – um, it might seem very simple to a lot of people, but you'd be surprised at how many people uh, don't really understand this. And uh, the main principle of the question or premise of the question is how hard do I swing the club? You know, we see guys like uh, John Daly on tour and some of the other ones that really grip it and rip it, if you will. And then you see the, some others like a, an Ernie Els or a Freddie Couple that seem to swing very effortlessly, um, but yet generate a lot of club head speed. So um, some of the people out there want to know how hard uh, should they swing the golf club? Uh, what are your thoughts, uh, Brian? Well, Ted, first off, thanks for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. I always always love getting on your show and being a guest. Um, Ted, that's a great question. Um, I think when it comes to that, um, the first thing that comes to my mind is balance. You know, how how, how can you perform your swing and actually 
stay in balance as you get through the ball and get to your finish. You know, once I start seeing issues with balance, that's when I tend to have players tone down a little bit and how hard they're trying to swing. So, you know, I, I like to look at the swing kind of backwards, starting from the finish. And, and if somebody can swing through their um, impact position and to balance, you know, I'm all for that. And then, you know, let's just rev it up a little bit if, uh, if they can maintain that. So I think that's one of the keys. And then um, the other thing students have to think about is what club are they swinging? You know, we, we tend to mm-hmm. um, possibly – put a little bit more into our drives because we're trying to hit the ball a little bit further and create more club head speed. But your swing with the driver is going to be different than say a hundred yard wedge shot where, you know, you're going to be set up a little bit more weight left and you might three quarter it um, just for more control. So I, I think you have to look at that too, Ted. First thing mm-hmm. I would look at is balance and, and making sure a student can maintain that before they start swinging any faster. Yeah, and that's a great point. And, and again, the reason why I say this is because, guys, and I'm sure you can all concur to this, we see a lot of uh, players out there and, and, you know, even some good players that really try to, to step on it. And you'll find them sort of falling off uh, or out of balance, if you will, because they're actually swinging uh, not within themselves. And what I mean by that is, is, as you pointed out, Brian, is the fact that they're not swinging within balance. And they tend to fall back on their on their back foot, or they tend to sort of uh, go sort of side to side as they get into their finish. They're kind of again either if they're not falling under their back foot, they're kind of falling to the side a little bit, and it's because they're trying to really step on it a little bit too much, and uh, they're not really keeping a good balance. And that can add to a, a myriad of things that we could talk all night about uh, issues that can create with uh, everything from good solid contact to the ball uh, to also the direction the ball is going to go. Um, great answer, by the way, and, and uh, I like the way that you actually kept it very simple, and I appreciate that. Um, Chuck, uh, this is sort of on the swing as well, and this is another question you'd be surprised that a lot of people um, are unclear of. And again, I'm going to use a, maybe a couple of players just to, to, to draw a visual for some of the, the audience out there. Um, but the, the question for you, Chuck, is how far back should I swing the club? You know, we see guys like John Daly, you know, they're wrapping it around, looks like two or three times around their body. Um, and yet they're coming through the ball with uh, good balance, as, as Brian just talked about. Is there a sort of a set standard of how far I should be taking it back? Does it depend on the clubs? And again, does it sort of follow in with what Brian uh, just talked about, and that's balance? Well, I think that, that uh, you know, flexibility has a lot to do with how far back you're going to be able to take the, take the club. If you're somebody, someone that's tight in the upper body and in your shoulder girdles, uh, you may not be able to take it back as far as somebody like John Daly. Um, so right. your maximum, your maximum length of your uh, and Tommy Armour being another example, Tommy Armour and Alan Doyle take it back to about left arm parallels of the ground, and that's it. Uh, that's the length mm-hmm. of their backswing, but they can still, but they can still hit it 280, 290 from there. So right. the, the leverage and the and the length of the backswing are all pretty much dependent upon your level of flexibility. Now, having said that, I've had a number of players say, well, I can't, I can't turn 90 degrees. Well, the reason they can't right. turn 90 degrees is because of the angle they're trying to turn on. So I've not had anybody not be able to make a 90-degree turn. Now, the hands and arms are, are a different story. You know, uh, The more inward you take your arms, 
the more you have to lift to get the club up. The more you feel like you're just picking the club up diagonally while you turn your shoulders, uh, the higher your hands can go. So, uh, and I think that, you know, what I try to, what I try to get players to do is, is for any full shot, I'm not talking about half wedges, but any full shot, your hands go to the same location. The length of the club then gives the additional difference, uh, difference in distance because, because of the difference in the size of the lever. So, you know, taking your hands to a certain, say, nine iron, taking them there as a driver, are going to give you two different things. Going to give you two different right. lengths. In other words, the sweet spot will be farther away. And that's the whole key to distance is you want to get that sweet spot as far away from the golf ball as you can. Yeah, and that, that's a great point. Um, and I think also, too, you know, you, you touched on flexibility. You know, a lot of, especially as, as we get older, we don't have the same elasticity in, in a lot of our muscles. And, and uh, we see that with especially a lot of our senior golfers or our mature golfers um, where they can only take it back so far and then they start feeling um, too tight of a pull on, on their, depending on which way they're, you know, whether the left-handed or right-handed golfer, but um, their, their lead uh, leg, if you will, and, and uh, shoulder and so forth, they start to get a, a lot of tension building up um, and it causes them to really sort of jab at the club because they're, they're actually overextending their backswing. So um, I, I think it's um, keeping that flexibility, I think is important. And I think sometimes too, um, trying to take it too far back creates a lot of other problems that I'm sure we could get into as well. And again, it goes into accuracy and things like that. If you're trying to overswing uh, a lot of times, you're not going to, you're going to lose your timing and your balance and so forth. And that's going to create a myriad of problems. Um, but great answer, well, Chuck. Just, I, again, just... I appreciate. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and if you just if you just look at Hogan's original swing when he hooked the ball, he was farther down and across the line than John Daly was. But yet when he shortened yep. his swing and made it a little more compact, that's when it became the Hogan that we all know. And you know, I, I think that it's it's great, you know, and John has and I'm talking about John Daly of course, uh is somebody that is able to do that. There are a few others over the years that maybe not quite as far, but uh, had a, a little bit longer or extended backswing and it worked for them. They had that extra flexibility, but for the average player right. out there, that's, yeah, that's not a possibility. And I think sometimes, you know, what also happens is when you try to take it too far back, uh, then everything sort of breaks down and then things collapse and you're, you're, you know, you're not really, you become more picking up that club as opposed to swinging it. Uh, but great answer though, right. uh, Chuck, I appreciate that. Peter. Um, I want to talk about impact a little bit. This is a, a question that uh, I've, I've had a few times uh, over the years, and and we see this a lot, especially with our, our high handicap golfers, is not sure whether they need to hit up on the ball at impact uh, with all of their clubs, or is there a difference between their longer clubs uh, and uh, maybe their mid irons, or or what is the general rule for hitting the ball at impact uh, to to strike it correctly? I mean, generally speaking, uh, I encourage everybody to hit down on the ball in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, really, when I'm working with all players, I'm looking to simplify, uh, first of all, ball position. You know, I really encourage everybody to have the ball in the middle of their stance with everything but their driver, and then their driver is non-specifically forward in their stance. I think that's a point of preference as well, but... Um, if you look at it, just every club 
even your driver at some point, you know, to our average is 1.3 down on driver. Um, you know, I have people that um, with driver, I had one man who had so much dysfunction in his right shoulder that the only way he could hit the ball straight was to hit down on the ball 12 degrees. Um, so there's, right. there's extremes on every standpoint, but in general, when you're helping the player, you know, improve what I call quality of contact, it, it and understanding the golf swing a little more as a movement and understand and helping them understand how um, they can move with their own functional ability to um, control the low point to get it after the ball. Um, you know, that's when things really rapidly improve. Uh, not only control, but distance goes drastically up. Um, you know, a lot of times when people primarily, you know, are swinging with their hands, there's not enough momentum there to have the low point consistently moved after the ball. Um, and generally speaking, it's some variety of that behind the ball, they're hitting up on the ball, and they don't understand why the ball's not going as far as they think it should. Um, you know, right. their, their contact is not very consistent or good quality and or they don't have any control over where the golf ball is going. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's, to be honest with you, it, the more you can simplify things for people, um, you know, and I really have a very personal conversation with each of them, um, understanding their functional ability on how they can really consistently move that low point forward. And generally speaking, it's, it's, it's the improvement is immediate once they can understand um, how they can, you know, hit down on the ball on a consistent basis. Great. Great answer, Peter. And you're, you're exactly right. You know, one of the things that I, I've noticed a lot um, with some of the golfers out there, uh, and again, I'm talking obviously uh, some of our higher handicap golfers and our, our uh, amateur golfers, but, you know, they, they, they've been kind of under this impression that they've got to, in order to get that ball in the air, they've got to, you know, they've got to kind of hit up on it. And obviously to a certain degree, there is a, an element of truth with that a little bit with obviously with some of the newer drivers uh, with the, with the larger heads. But um, the problem is that what it tends to do is it, it changes their setup when they sort of create that mental image of trying to hit up on the ball is they start to lean way back in their, you know, on their back foot in order to get that, you know, create that angle. And what they don't realize they've already got, in many cases, 10 and a half, maybe 12 degrees loft with their driver if, if they're smart uh, and, and purchase the right equipment. Um, so they don't really need any help to get it airborne. What they need to do is, as you just pointed out, Peter, is really to create that more momentum, that forward momentum, in order to get more distance. And the problem is when they're trying to hit it up with, with their driver um, and, and creating that additional angle, all they're doing is they're really popping it up. Uh, and with their irons, the same thing. They're kind of scooping underneath it, and instead of maybe hitting, you know, a, a 150 yards, say, 7-iron, uh, they're only hitting it maybe 120, 125 yards, and they can't understand why they're not getting that distance. So uh, great answer and, and great uh, yeah. great way to, to, to point it out. Um, Chuck, I'm going to go to you, and then Peter, and then back up to Brian. Um, Chuck, on this one here, you know, we, we always talk about a lot of key fundamentals, and there are certainly some key fundamentals that most golf professionals share. Uh, if so, uh, well, let me rephrase the question. Are there key fundamentals that most golf professionals share? And if so, what are they? Well, I think that, you know, the old fun fundamentals and the GASP system 
grip, aim, stance, and posture, I, uh, those are no longer fundamentals because you look at the world's best players, they all have different grips, different setups, different postures. So I think I think the fundamentals are, you know, hit, the first thing is hit the ball solid. The second thing mm-hmm. would be to control the face and the pass, so, so the direction of the golf ball and the curve of the golf ball. And then the third thing we'll go back to hitting the ball farther would be to generate enough speed to play from the tees that you've chosen to play from. So if you're playing all the way to the back tees at 7,400 yards, but you can only swing it at 95 miles an hour, you're playing the wrong tees. You better move up or you're going to have driver three wood all day in the par fours. So to me, that's, that are, that is, is the fundamental things. Hit, learn to hit the ball solid first then control the direction and the curve and and be able to generate enough speed to play from the tees that you've chosen. I mean, if you look at yeah, Paul that's a, that's a great... Azinger's grip, yeah, if you look at Paul Azinger's yep. grip versus versus Brian DeChambeau's grip, they're completely opposite, but they're both world-class players. You, you, you look at guys that stand straight up. Well, again, we'll talk about Bryson versus Hubert Green. Great, both great yep. players. So that's so that's not a so that's not a uh, a fundamental. So that's how I look at. You look at what all the great players did or, or or do today, and and they don't do those things the same. So that wouldn't say that they're not a fundamental. Yeah, and that's an interesting that's an interesting analogy because you're, you're exactly right when you think about it today. I mean, you know, to an untrained eye, you look at these guys and they they you know they're setting up for their tee shot or whatever it might be and. And for the most part, they look relatively the same. But at, at a closer look, if you look at it, as you said, you know, if you were to look at somebody like a Paul Azinger, uh, who had a very strong grip uh, and, mm-hmm. and set up to the ball much differently, um, and, you know, as opposed to another player that maybe had a little bit more uh, of a weaker-looking grip, like even Jack Nicholas. You know, if you look at the way Jack Nicholas mm-hmm. used to set up, uh, the ball was very far, uh, far forward for all of his shots. In fact, he played him in the same, uh, same spot. Um, but they generally had the same uh, thing as they all hit the ball solidly. They all were able to bring the club face into impact at the right angle, uh, and they were able to, to move the ball forward uh, to the distances that they um, believed they were able to do it, and obviously it became with practice and that. So, you know, grip and things like that is, is a very personal thing. You know, we see some players, like you said, with strong grips, some little weaker grip. Um, so those traditional fundamentals – I wouldn't say let's throw them out the window, uh, but they don't necessarily always apply exactly the same from player to player. So that's a that's a great analogy to, to bring up, um, uh, Chuck. Thank you for that. Um, this is one that uh, that a lot of people uh, really have a problem with, and maybe you can shed some light on this. And, and here's the question: uh, Does the shoulder alignment affect my golf shot? And if so, how? And and what really should we be uh, trying to draw here if you will with respect to our shoulders how do we how do we line them up correctly what's incorrect i guess the i mean the answer is it depends you know it's right honestly that's a very difficult question to answer in a black and white situation because it depends on the context of the situation um you know if i have a if i have a player that um likes to draw the ball and maybe is or has been doing something a certain way for a very long time and has a very ingrained motor pattern. I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to help them understand how they can play really well 
just like that. Um, if I'm if I'm working with a younger player um, on the junior side, um, have not been playing very long, there's an opportunity to change that motor pattern on on an easier basis and install um, maybe a more efficient setup, which you know what I would say is a, a few degrees open. Um, but just because of the anatomy, you know, the left hand being, I mean, the the bottom hand being lower on the handle than than the, than the top one, um, you know, it tends to lend itself to be more efficiently open um, at address. But um, honestly, it depends. I think you have to look at the the how deeply ingrained that preference is, um, and take it on a case by case basis. As as a coach, that's that's how I'm going to approach that. Yeah, and 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 you're again, you're you're right. I think that you know one of the the things that we have to keep in mind, and, and this is something. The reason why I ask a lot of these questions uh, in the manner that I'm doing it tonight is there really is no definitive answer necessarily for every single question. There can be a lot of variables that can be added uh, that can change that. Um, obviously, you know, if you've got people that are setting up uh, to their target. Uh, to their intended target and their feet and their knees and their hips uh, are, are aligned one direction and their hips are maybe quite a bit closed, that can certainly potentially uh, create a lot of problems or vice versa if they're too open and compare in relation to the to the rest of their body. Uh, it can certainly create some, some issues. Sorry, go ahead. You can't necessarily say that. You know, there, there's plenty of times that you're going to have players that, you know, might <clears throat> seem like they're, crossing themselves up, but if you ask enough questions and you help them understand, or you help, they're helping me understand why they're doing something, <clears throat> maybe that's the only way they can move the club. They might have something going on with their, their ankle, hip, and shoulder where over time right. how they figured out how to do it. Like, I, you, you just can't. I think you're right. It's good you're asking these questions of us because it's really bringing to the forefront that there's not this cookie-cutter you know, your, your, you know, your knees, shoulders, hips, and, and everything need to be in line perfectly for you to play golf. It's just not how it works. There's plenty of right. people and that play with pretty severe limitations that need to do certain things. Right. And you're, you're exactly right. I mean, there, there's obviously room uh, for, for that um, to happen. I, I guess what I'm, what I was trying to get at was, <laughs> There are instances where you know you will see a player who will automatically shut their shoulders, uh, which forces them to take the club sometimes a little bit too far. And then, obviously, in order to get it back into play, they've now come over the top. And that's really the question that I'm going to have for you, Brian, uh, coming next is, uh, what are some of the common causes for coming over the top? And what are some uh, cures, if you will? And again, again, obviously, there's going to be variables uh, sometimes a player, again, depending on their physical limitations, um, that's all they can do is sort of come over the top, uh, and they may have to make some adjustments. But um, what I'm trying to do here really, guys, with, with the discussion tonight is um, there are a lot of theories that have gone on for many, many years that we have to do things a certain way. And obviously, as Peter pointed out, we don't necessarily – that's not always necessarily true in every case. It depends on the individual. But – we also have to keep in mind that there are certain principles that players at least have to understand or acknowledge that can create 
other problems if they don't align or do things in a certain way, that it's going to create further difficulties potentially uh, depending on, on the player. Um, so, Brian, going to you, what are some common causes that are forcing the players to come over the top a little bit, and what would you recommend or suggest that they do in order to overcome some of that and maybe some of the potential problems that it can create? Uh, great question, Ted. The first thing that comes to my mind when it, when it's somebody's coming over the top is I check their aim. And what, what I find uh, more so than not that players are aiming too far to the right of their target and, you know, their, their target's way left of where they, their body's aiming and, and they're just from the top of the swing. They're swinging the club towards towards the flag and and higher handicappers tend to get into that pattern there they, they aim you know 10 10 10 20 yards to the right of the target and pull it back so that that'd be the first thing i would check as, as, a, as a teacher coach you know for the alignment better players i i find tend to uh, get their bodies a little bit more open to the target but but better players we have to remember they've got the ability to get that club back down on the ball from pretty much wherever their body's aimed. They have the better awareness of where impact is. Um, so that would be my first thing with, with the aim. And then the second thing, kind of just like what you were talking about before with the um, shoulder alignment, I think um, a lot of players tend to get those shoulders um, open at address uh, too much, which can cause the swing to go out more. Uh, from the top. So um, I check that. And then uh, the third thing would be a lot of times players just start working that club two inside going back, the club gets low and then from coming down that club pushes out. So it could, it could be a variable for things, Ted. And, and, and it's hard to diagnose um, on the phone here without seeing ball flight right. and where somebody's aiming, but I would sure. look at definitely aim first would be my, first thing uh, where are they aiming uh, the club and then uh, where are they aiming the club face you know a lot of times they get that mm. club face left also and they're not aware of it and that can cause some pulls too so um, I would start with uh, definitely aim first though right right and, and that's really what what I think I, I was trying to get at with with that is I, I think that and and Peter, don't get me wrong. I, I agree with what you're saying. And, and I want to pose this question now to all three of you, and then we'll, we'll get into some other ones. And that is, you know, Peter raises a very interesting point that, that it doesn't necessarily mean just because somebody's shoulders are maybe a little bit closed or a little bit open um, necessarily is a bad thing. So how do we know when to decide if it's hampering uh, or a hindrance to the individual's golf swing or whether uh, it's something that they're going to need to work with. How do we how do we diagnose that in such a way that we're not sort of reinventing the wheel? Peter, as you pointed out, I'm going to let you, Peter. I'm going to let you start this conversation off, and then we'll go to Chuck and then and then Brian to round it out. But how do we know to decide when a player is maybe misaligning themselves um, incorrectly, or it's just the way their body happens to move? How do we decide that, or do we decide it? I think they they decide it for us. I think it, it it's you know, in my opinion, it's our job to ask a lot of questions to best understand um, mm -hmm. rather than um, projecting, I'll call it. Right. You know, and over, over the course of even if you have a one-hour session, that's plenty of time. You know, just because you don't need to work miracles with an hour of somebody 
being there. You need to give them, you need to reduce the question marks as much as possible and then give them some measurable stuff to walk away with or some stuff that they can do measurably afterward that's going to help them move the needle for the long term. So I'm going to ask incredible, I mean, I always preface this with everybody I'm working with that I'm asking questions strictly to understand. And I I give them that heads Mm -hmm. up. I say, I'm going to ask a lot of questions, but this is why. And, and the more they are seeing that I'm really listening to them, the more they're going to open up and trust. So they're going to reveal some things that, oh, I had, you know, this injury of a couple of years ago and th- I can't do this or, you know, th- those types of things. Or that can, they're going right. to have conceptual things in their golf game that, you know, either have been there for a little bit or maybe somebody told them along the way and they've been trying to apply it and that's something that's crossing them up or something that maybe doesn't even apply to them um, or apply to whatever you know, where he, he or she are looking to do. So it's really important to listen, to help them compartmentalize what's important and what's not. You know, and it's, it's no disrespect to anybody, but it's just helping the person potentially simplify this enough where they're maybe focusing on, they realize that they only need to focus on one or two things to, to make it work whatever that might be. Right. You, you know, so the more you can kind of just help them understand that it doesn't need to be complex. It, it can be, you know, a simplistic thought for them could be far reaching. It's, it's mm. more to that point than, than anything else. So I think that's, that's my major point of when, from what I was bringing up. It was just, it, it, it right. it's about listening. It's about understanding. And it's about, you know, really allowing them to execute a lot of preferences until you're really saying, you know, that's great, but this one thing that you're doing or this one concept that you're, you're, you know, how you're perceiving you're doing things is, is holding you back. You know, and I, and, and I, I say that too. I'm like, I'm like, listen, you know, you can keep doing this. Um, but, you know, and I know it's, you keep, I always decipher style versus, versus control or style versus fundamentals, I'll say. And unless it's hampering their progress, I let them go with style all the time. But if it is, then it's something we need to have a different conversation about. That's the basis of it. Right. No, and, and, I, and I agree with that. Um, so, Chuck, let, let's look at this um, this way, if you will. Um, as I understand from what, what basically Peter's just saying, and I, and I agree with that, is – you know, are we maybe sometimes overcomplicating golf so much in trying to get everybody to fit into that sort of perfect mold um, where maybe some well-defined uh, or positioned questioning can help us to understand that individual player a little bit better to the point that instead of trying to reinvent the wheel all the time or force them into positions that maybe are not going to be conducive, and it doesn't necessarily have to be because of injury, uh, it can be just because maybe that person's physical um, body just doesn't move in certain positions uh, as easily, and some modification or tweaking might be necessary. So how do we uh, how do we sort of analyze that properly and make sure that that is in fact 
what we're looking at, and it's not just somebody that's maybe got some poor uh, address issues or, or positions or what have you. Well, so uh, every time I have a new player, I, I put them through a physical screen to see what their body can and cannot do. Um, and and uh, there's about eight different screens that I use, but it's going to tell me the mm-hmm. limit uh, of their turn, their pelvis mobility, uh, their their uh, rib cage mobility, uh, ankles, knees. It's going to tell me how high their arms can go. So, and I, I can tell you that uh, oh, this is my 48th year. I've had one person in 48 years swing the way their body was dictated. One. Everybody else mm-hmm. is trying to make swings based on what they saw on video or on the golf channel right. or in an article. And their body will will not do that because that's not how it's designed. So that's the first thing I do. Um, the, the second thing is uh, I ask a lot of questions as well. And I want to find out, you know, what is your typical miss? What are you trying to do when you do this? What happens typically? Uh, where what is your what is your least favorite club? And they'll tell me. So that means that if you have a least favorite club, then you have a favorite one, right? So um, mm-hmm. you try right. to, and, and you know everybody always comes in and they say, well, I, I want to work on my driver because I can't hit my driver. Well, I I, I have them hit uh, pitch shots first because whatever flaw there is in in their in their normal swing, their full swing, that is not a driver. Is just magnified with a driver. Uh, the shoulder mm-hmm. turn typically gets flatter with a driver. They stand more erect. So now you've now you've got a different orbit of the club than you did when swinging a more upright club. So the body mm-hmm. typically, uh, if they if they are pretty much someone I would call a flat shoulder turn, that's going to incorporate as well into their other clubs, and that's not conducive to hitting solid shots either. So, but the, but the bottom line is. I give them a little, uh, uh, like I said, it's not long. It doesn't take five minutes assessment to let me know what their body wants to do without a golf club. And then I'll show them the difference, what their body's doing with a club versus without a club. This is what your body wants to do. This is what you're trying to make it, trying to get it to do. And this is why you're struggling in these areas. So let's, let's do what your body wants to do. And then I will guide them through, you know, from address to the top to the finish. Uh, and, and so they can see the differences, not only the geometry of the swing, but how their body is participating in supporting the club. Very good. Um, some great, uh, great answers. And, 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 you know, my purpose here on, on the panel discussions is really to push these discussions um, so that we're not always going down, um, you know, the rabbit hole, if you will. And, and I appreciate you know, when we find things that sort of challenge the status quo. Um, so, Peter, uh, you know, I thank you for that because you're, you're exactly right. I think sometimes we have to take a look in our industry um, at, at all perspectives and not just sort of take it for granted that we have to do A, B, C, or D. So I appreciate you, you bringing that up. Um, Brian, Brian, I'm going to, uh, if, if you have anything else that you want to add to, to that particular topic, that's fine. If not, uh, I'm, I'm ready to move on. So do you, do you want to add to that or, or can we move on? You know, Ted, I, th- I think um, Peter and Chuck really covered all the bases on that. You know, some sort of evaluation physically is, is great. 
you know, most teachers are going to do that these days, you know, with all the resources we have. And, you know, and if you look at it, not, not everybody swings the club the same way. We all know that. And we have to, um, you know, find what works for them, like um, Peter and Chuck were saying, and, 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 and go with that, you know. That's the thing about golf. There's, you know, we're all built different. We have different body structures and stuff, and we have to, as teachers and coaches, we have to respect that and uh, and use whatever we can to get the get players to shoot better. Well, and and you're exactly right. Well said. And and I think as as you know as um, you know Peter has pointed out and and Chuck as well. You know, we are, because we are different, I think that the, the game has really changed a lot. I think as instructors, I think we're starting to recognize, and, and I think this is really, Peter, was the point, underlying point that you were trying to make, is that because we are so uniquely different, and golf instruction for, for many, many years has sort of tried to pigeonhole everybody into the same mold. And as we're starting to learn and find things out um, through more in-depth discussions with our students, we're starting to recognize that, um, you know, player A and player B don't necessarily have to set up exactly the same, um, not just because their their goals are different, but maybe their body styles, types, or their limitations are different. So we have to be mindful of that and not try to sort of put everybody into the same box. So um, interesting discussion. Thank you for uh, for doing that, guys. Um, all right. So, Brian, I'm going to throw this to you. If yeah, I could just add into what we were just talking about, we haven't even talked about the equipment aspect of it either. You know, you know, just look at all the variables when it comes to shafts and, and equipment that is available these days. You know, we haven't even touched on that, but that's that's part of it too. You know, we're not we're not going to give everybody the same equipment to use. So, um, just wanted to bring that up as uh, another point with uh, trying to get our students to play better. Right. And, and that's a valid point as well. And, and, you know, equipment, just like other technology, is changing so rapidly every season. Uh, there's always something new from game, game improvement to uh, different understandings of, of what happens uh, through the golf swing and, and with the golf ball and, and contact that, you know, we, we have to be, uh, you know, again, we have to be mindful for that. All right, Brian, I want to throw this one out to you just to give you something a little bit different. Um, and, and this is something too, which, you know, you'd be surprised. A lot of people might not understand. Um, and, and that is, we're talking about putting in this particular case, but is the lower body active in a putting stroke like my full swing? Now, obviously we're not going to take it back the same way, but should there be any, uh, and again, I know it's, uh, you know, there is going to be differences between person and person, but is there a, a sort of a general rule in a putting stroke, um, that the, the lower body is a little more quiet than a traditional, uh, regular swing? I don't know if I've ever heard if there's a general rule, but generally, yes, the, the the putting stroke is totally different than a full swing. Our lower bodies are definitely more stable. Uh, there's l- less movement in the knees and the hips. There's hardly any of that. Um, if you look at all the best putters, you see a lot of upper body shoulder movement and arm movement, um, limited, limited wrist movement. Obviously, there's different styles of moving the putter, Square inside inside, but um, generally, if you if you look at the best putters, their their lower bodies stay pretty stable throughout the stroke. Maybe they maybe they open up a little coming through, but um, I teach a lot of lower body stability in putting, um, especially trying to get students up on balance discs just to get better posture. 
you know, good posture sets up the plane of the swing and, um, you know, lower body stability really keeps them centered over the ball. It's totally different, I think, than um, full swing, the full swing thought, Ted. Right. Well said. Um, Chuck, I'm going to go to you on this one here. Um, or no, I'm, uh, yeah, Chuck, I think I'm going to go to you on this one here. Um, with respect to chipping techniques, and again, I know there's uh, probably a million variables we can add in here, but do I need to change that technique when chipping? Uh, is there a difference if I'm chipping from a tight lie or maybe a little more fluffy lie, uh, or is it generally the same? No, it's going to be different because you're going to use the bounce differently on a tight lie versus a fluffy lie. Um, you know, there's there are n- numerous ways to chip, obviously, uh, and, and those sure. reflect on 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 ball positions. I mean, if you're somebody that has the ball positioned farther back, you're going to be more of a leading edge chipper. And if you're somebody that plays the ball more in the middle, you're going to be more of a what I call a sole or just slightly bounce. If you're somebody that chips the ball off your front foot, uh, you can still do leading edge but you got to lean pretty heavily left and strike that in that downward motion. So uh, th- there is a difference, and it's not always going to be the same. It depends on the difference uh, or the distance sure. you're trying to chip that ball, how much you have to carry, how soft you want it to roll. Do you want it to roll out? Do you want it to take one hop stop? I mean, those are all differences between using bounce and not using bounce. And and I think that, you know, players players get stuck using one club for all their chipping. And the way I the way I think about it is if I have a a club that goes 150 yards and now I have 165 yards, am I going to use that same club and hit it harder? Uh, don't think so. Right. Right. No, you. And and that's yeah, and that's something too. You know, you'd be surprised. And and I, I know guys that the, the the questions that that I'm throwing out here tonight might seem very uh, to to most of us uh, seem very simplistic. But you'd be surprised at how many people out there don't understand some very basic principles. And, you know, again, as you just pointed out, Chuck, you know, a lot of times we'll see a player will take out one club and try to hit 15 different shots with it. Uh, And that's not to say you can't experiment and try things out. Uh, But uh, again, there's, there's the circumstances may vary so much from shot to shot that what might, you know, using maybe your pitching wedge in one scenario might not be conducive for another scenario. So this is where I think experimenting when you go to the practice tee and, and to, the, to the driving range, this is where you want to take those opportunities, and, and especially working around your short game uh, areas where you want to start experimenting with some things, hitting out of tight lies and hitting out of fluffy, fluffy lies and seeing how the ball reacts. Um, and seeing, trying some different techniques, you know, maybe striking down a little bit more, or you know, uh, or what have you, changing the ball position. So there's a lot of variables, obviously. I know in, in a lot of these questions, guys, but I think people just want to have a general understanding: is is you know, do I need to, you know, do things a certain way, or is there some room for flexibility? And I think you guys have, have unanimously sort of indicated that there is certainly. Uh, room for flexibility in a lot of things. Um, Peter, I'm gonna. This is last question. I'm gonna come to you, and this is one that uh, that again people uh, ask occasionally. Want to know about this? And and again, keeping in mind that sort of the theme that we understand that there, people are different. Um, 
does the width or can the width of my stance affect my swing? Now, we hear a lot of people sometimes say that, well, I need to have a wider stance or, uh, and I'm talking about full swing, forget putting for, for a moment, but uh, in the full swing, mm-hmm. uh, again, I know there's no necessarily general rule, um, but can it uh, affect uh, the outcome of, of a swing if, if maybe we're getting too wide or maybe not wide enough? What, what are your thoughts there? Yeah. No, if it's on, I would say if it's on the polar sides of it, if it's, you know, extremely narrow or extremely wide and it's, you know, limiting their ability to move, then it's, mm-hmm. you have to have a conversation about it. You know, it's, you know, but to kind of, I would say split hairs as to whether their feet need to be, you know, a half inch more apart or not. It, it's, right. To, to me, it's inconsequential. It's not at that, at that point, it's, it, it doesn't matter. I, you know, when I'm working right. with people, I just, I really ask them, um, what, you know, what's a, a width that you're going to feel athletically ready to move, you know, in a full swing stance, because that's what you're looking for, you know, and generally speaking, they're going to pick something that's pretty darn good. You know, they might be really wide or really narrow because that's what they, you know, were told or saw on wherever, read wherever they needed to do. So, if you tell them they can pick one and go with it, they love it. It's great. <laughs> well, yeah, the, re- the reason why I asked that is because, you know, in, 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 and this goes back to what we talked about a little while ago uh, with, with what we sort of grew up understanding about golf, as an example, Peter. You know, we were always kind of told, you know, your, your feet should be about shoulder width uh, apart, maybe slightly wider, you know, if you're hitting the driver, maybe slightly narrower if you're hitting some of your short clubs. Uh, and that's fine and dandy, but as I can personally attest to, that doesn't always fly with me. I'm six foot four. I'm very tall, and if my stance is too narrow, as an example for my body type, because I'm very long and lean, uh, I, I get more swaying in my lower body. If I'm a little bit shorter player, maybe if I'm you know five, uh, eight, nine, ten, or something in that range, or six feet even, uh, you know I might be able to get away with my feet being a little bit narrower. Uh, because it, 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 my center of gravity is, is a little bit lower, so there's not as much sway in that lower body. Um, and, and this is why I think a lot of people are very unclear about that. And, and again, uh, I, I want to preface this, and I think, Peter, you raised an excellent point uh, a, a moment ago about really questioning and understanding the players because there are so many different body type styles, and, and physical abilities out there that uh, if we try to you know, lead everybody down one direction, um, it's going to make it very, very confusing. And you're going to get players like me that are taller and maybe other players a little bit shorter that all things are not going to be equal. And I think this is where, as you pointed out, I think questioning and understanding the player, um, not just what they want to accomplish, but understanding what thought process they sort of have can can be very conducive in, in putting together a proper uh, coaching plan and that. So I, I agree with, uh, with everything that you said. Um, I would add one go ahead, Chuck. That. So, so you can be six foot four and have alligator arms, uh, which means your arms don't get, get, get past your waist. So in that case, right. you do have to have a wider stance, you know, cause you can't get down the ball yeah. unless you bend forward 90 degrees. But if you're somebody who has really right. long arms, 
at six foot four, you may not need that that with the stance. So you got. I, I right. look at I look at height and length of arms. Yeah, and, and and that's true, and that's true because I I know you're right, exactly right. I know players that are just as tall as me, uh, or even taller, that have to play a narrow stance because their legs are shorter, but their arms are longer, so they're able to get to the ball a little bit easier uh, than say what I might be, um, because my, I'm right. my length is more in the leg. My yeah, I mean I certainly don't have I don't have alligator arms, but I certainly uh, have my arms are obviously a little bit shorter. I've got longer in the legs, so. Um, but uh, some great points yeah. and, and interesting discussion. Yeah, interesting discussion tonight, guys. I like that. You know, I like to, um, you know, I think it's important that we engage uh, in, 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 in the dialogue that we had tonight because I think, uh, again, as, as I pointed out, and, and Peter, you, you obviously brought it to light, is I think that sometimes in instruction, if we tried it to define the solutions as one way and one way only, we run the risk of really sort of alienating, uh, certainly not intentionally, but alienating a, a golfer um, by not really understanding their needs and, and, and that uh, correctly and can often maybe misdiagnose or, or find a problem that may not actually be there um, just because we think it doesn't fit the, the traditional mold. So um, I think it's important, and, and uh, again, I appreciate you, you sort of uh, making that point tonight. Um, Guys, thank you as always for uh, for a great discussion. I can't believe this hour just blew past so quickly. Um, so yeah, it went fast. Yeah, it did go fast. So uh, very quickly, uh, I'm going to start with uh, we'll start with Peter and, and then Chuck and then Brian. Uh, let the folks know if they want to reach out to you and uh, how they can go about doing that. Yeah, Ted. Always uh, thanks for having me on, uh, guys. Thanks for the great discussion. I appreciate it. Um, People can reach me at uh, uh, gogolfcoach.com is my web website. Um, and on social media, you can reach me at Daily Golf Coach um, pretty much across the board. Um, but, again, thanks, guys, and uh, thanks for being a, a great to be a part of it. Well, thank you, as always, Peter. I appreciate it. Um, Chuck, what about you? Best way to, to get a hold of you now? Uh, same thing. Go to my website, chuckevansgolf.com. Phone number, email, everything's on there. My social media is all... Uh, Chuck Evans, so you can find me uh, on any of the social media or through my website, or you can call uh, uh, Apache Creek Golf Club uh, in Apache Junction, Arizona. Perfect. Well, glad that you made it safe and sound uh, back out into the desert, uh, Chuck, and and best of luck at uh, your new venue, and uh, we uh, look forward to having you back. I think you'll be back one more time. In fact, I think all of you uh, may be back one more time before the season ends uh for this year but uh if not uh always uh keep doing the great job that you guys are doing and brian last but not least let the, the folks know how they can reach out to you if they if they would like to hey ted first off thanks for having me on the show again and guys great conversation enjoy you know i learned so much from listening to you guys uh so i really appreciate that um ted anybody here up in the northeast of new jersey just uh call montclair golf club um we teach year-round there, and um, my email address is brian.bpga at yahoo.com if anybody wants to send me an email with any questions on golf or uh, be glad to help you out, all right? Well, I appreciate it. Peter, Chuck, and Brian, thank you very much, as always, for bringing your best to the Coach's Corner panel. And, uh, again, great discussion tonight. 
Uh, have a good weekend, and I look forward to you guys uh, coming back. And just a quick reminder, I'm going to send out the uh, the schedule for next season uh, here in just a few weeks, probably either around or, or maybe just after uh, the Thanksgiving uh, holiday. Uh, so make sure that you uh, keep an eye out for that. It'll be coming into your email uh, in a few weeks, and uh, you can take a look at your, your schedule for next year and hope you'll come back and, and join in on some great discussions for next year. But uh, oh, in the meantime, yeah. thank you guys for doing a great yeah, thanks, Ted, and make and uh, tell Biz uh, I said hey. So <laughs> I will. All right, guys. Thanks. All Have right. a good one. Thanks, All Ted. Right, guys. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Thank you, guys. you too, Chuck. Bye, Peter. All right, that was uh, my very special guest on the Coach's Corner panel: uh, Peter Agazarian, Chuck Evans, and Brian Dobby. Uh, thanks, guys, for uh, always uh, doing a great job. Uh, and as I mentioned up at the uh, the start of the program. We've got a great new uh, sponsor on the Coach's Corner panel, uh, golfswing.com, and uh, I'm going to let you listen to a a short uh, uh, audio clip here in just a moment, but I just want to remind everybody that uh, after the show, go to golfswing.com and check out. They've got a great uh, online video academy there, and you can join uh, for a very reasonable price. Uh, There's uh, obviously a monthly fee, but uh, there's literally thousands of, of great golf videos, and I've been featuring uh, a different pro. We started with uh, John Decker the last few weeks. Uh, and many of you, of course, uh, remember John Decker uh, from coming on the Coach's Corner panel. And of course, he's been a guest here uh, over the years as well and uh, had some great video tips uh, on the uh, online video academy through golfswing.com. And uh, I'm going to be featuring another great PGA golf instructor, Jeff Mitchell, uh, after the show tonight uh, through my social media. But in the meantime, let's uh, hear a few words from golfswing.com. Are you finally ready to improve your golf game? Golfswing.com is changing the way golfers learn online. With the largest collection of golf training programs and drills on the planet, Golfswing.com can help you improve every part of your game. Whether you want to gain more distance, hit it closer, or just sink more putts, Golfswing.com staff of world-class coaches can help you gain the results you need. Watch unlimited videos on any device from anywhere in the world and start playing better scoring lower, having more fun, and saving money. Get your fix on demand at golfswing.com. All right, that was from uh, our sponsor for the Coach's Corner panel, golfswing.com. And remember to go to golfswing.com after the show and check out uh, their online video academy. And I said uh, you can join that. And uh, that would make actually a pretty good Christmas gift for your golfer in your family, uh, whether it be uh, him or her. Uh, to join up on their uh, online video academy at golfswing.com. So make sure you check it out. And again, don't forget to go to my social media, uh, both my personal page and also uh, the Golf Talk Live page uh, on Facebook and uh, also through LinkedIn and on Twitter. And you can check out the uh, the latest video uh, from their online video academy, uh, which will be featuring, of course, tonight, uh, PJ Golf Instructor uh, Jeff Mitchell. Uh, all right, as I mentioned, my, my uh, guest this evening, my special guest after the Coach's Corner panel, I'll tell you a little bit about him as I wait for him to, to come on board. Uh, he's been on the show uh, in the past, uh, I think uh, not last year, but I think it was the year before. Of course, I'm talking about Dave Bisbee. He's the program director at the Seven Canyons Golf Club in Sedona, Arizona. Uh, also another uh, from the Arizona uh, track, if you will. Uh, he leads their uh, comprehensive game improvement center, combining golf instruction, custom club fitting, and mental conditioning for new seasoned and executive golfers. Uh, Dave, of course, is renowned for his innovative methods and easygoing style 
uh, literally helping thousands of golfers gain greater satisfaction through improved performance. Uh, known by his peers as a teacher of teachers, uh, his pioneering approach to golf uh, integrates mind, body, and emotions. Uh, he's also the co-founder of IMAP Golf and has authored several books, uh, some articles, and of course, instructional videos as well. And we're going to talk to him uh, as soon as he comes on board about some of the great things that he's doing out at Seven Canyons Golf and a few other things along the way. But um, in the meantime, don't forget to remember uh, every Thursday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Central here on the blogtalkradio.com network. Uh, you can join in on the show and listen live uh, from 6 to 8 p.m. Central uh, or 7 to 9 uh, p.m. Eastern uh, for those of you out on the East Coast. And if you're out in California uh, or the West Coast, it would be from uh, 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific time uh, is uh, when the show airs. Some other great ways to tune in as well. Uh, either you can go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash golf talk live uh, or you can just simply type golf talk live in the search key. Uh, if you can't join us live, not to problem, just visit that link and scroll down to the on demand section and you'll find all of the previously aired shows, including tonight's, will be there in their entirety so you can tune in when it's convenient for you. Uh, as I mentioned, some other great ways to, to tune in, you can go to itunes.com. Uh, Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, and now TalkStreamLive.com. And uh, again, just type in Golf Talk Live, and you can tune in and listen to many uh, episodes through those social media platforms as well. Uh, Don't forget to also on Tuesday mornings uh, to join myself and co-host LPJ professional Cindy Miller on all of those networks and, of course, the principal network, BlogTalkRadio.com, for the Women of Golf show, uh, a great show that we've been doing now Uh, for several years, uh, featuring some very talented uh, both young women and seasoned veterans of the game, uh, both uh, tour players and uh, just professionals in the golf industry and uh, business professionals in general that have found that uh, golf is a valuable business tool. And uh, we've had them on the show, uh, some great recent ones we've had in, of course, uh, legendary Kathy Whitworth uh, joined us a few weeks ago. Uh, We've had Susie Whaley on, of course, who is – soon to be the uh, newly elected uh, PGA president, a uh, PGA of America president. She'll be not only uh, in that position now, she's of course been with the executive uh, team for a number of years as the vice president. Uh, and before that was uh, secretary, but um, now she is going to be moving into the president position of the PGA of America. And we're very excited for her for a number of reasons. One, it's a, a very uh, obviously prestigious position, uh, but she's going to be the first female ever to hold that title. So we're very, very excited for her in the golf industry and we're looking for some great uh, things that uh, she's going to be doing that uh, in that position. So we're very excited to see what happens there. Um, we had some uh, great uh, young ladies. I talked to a couple of great young ladies last week from the Symmetra Tour and uh, LPGA Q series that uh, were finalists and uh, they did a great job coming on and talking about uh, getting ready to head out to the LPGA uh, Tour next season. Um, and uh, had a lot of great uh, young ladies uh, this season from the Symmetra Tour, of course, which is the feeder tour that goes into uh, the LPGA. Some of them uh, are new uh, to that uh, tour, and others uh, that have played uh, on the LPGA as well have come back to regain their cards or uh, just to tune up on their game as they maybe didn't necessarily have full exempt status. Uh, So they were able to come back and still play week in, week out on a competitive uh, tour uh, while they uh, regain their card. So, of course, Q-Series just ended up last week, and uh, we featured, uh, or I featured, a couple of uh, the young players, uh, up-and-comers, if you will, 
uh, from this Meta Tour that have managed to earn their card uh, for 2019, so we're very excited for them. And uh, always a lot of great, uh, interesting guests throughout the show, uh, which brings me to another point. Uh, we're going to be winding up the season here in a little over a month's time, about the middle of December. Uh, I'll be, uh, we'll be hosting the, the final shows for both the Women of Golf and also for Golf Talk Live for this season, and then we'll take an extended break through uh, the Christmas holidays and early into the new year. Uh, we'll take a little bit, of, as I said, an extended break uh, while we get ready and prepare for next season. Uh, I don't have the official uh, dates in, off the top of my head right now, but I will as we get a little bit closer. And, of course, uh, the week of Thanksgiving, uh, which will be coming up in about two weeks' time, uh, there will not be uh, a Golf Talk Live or Women of Golf show uh, airing uh, that week as, of course, uh, everybody will be observing uh, Thanksgiving and and, uh, and uh, probably eating too much and won't be able to talk very well anyway. So uh, not going to be a show that week, but then we'll come back for a few more weeks uh, as, again, as we uh, wind down the season for both shows. And uh, next season we'll be entering into the sixth season for the Women of Golf, Cindy and I, and it'll be season seven for Golf Talk Live uh, beginning next year. Um, uh, again, as I was mentioning to the guys before they went off air, uh, we will uh, be, or I'll be sending out rather uh, here in a few weeks' time, probably around Thanksgiving or maybe shortly after, uh, the new uh, Coach's Corner panel schedule. Uh, that's, of course, a blank schedule uh, showing the dates that the uh, Coach's Corner panel will be available, uh, which will obviously be uh, every week next year, except for certain holidays and so forth that I will uh, have put in there. Uh, where there will not be shows such as Thanksgiving and obviously uh, Christmas and so forth. Um, but uh, I'll be sending that out in a few weeks' time. So for those of you that have been on the panel, uh, look out for that. And for those of you that have never been on, if you're uh, uh, whether you're a PGA, LPGA, or uh, you know, USGTF or, or another uh, certified professional uh, in the golf industry, and maybe you'd like to throw your hat in the ring and join in on some of the great discussions on the Coach's Corner panel, by all means, we would love to have you. So... Um, if that's the case, uh, here's what you do. You send me an email at uh, ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. That, again, is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. And uh, what I will do is I will send you out uh, a copy of the schedule, and uh, you can uh, add your name in on the dates or send me the list of, of days that you're available uh, to do that. And it's always the first hour of uh, the Golf Talk Live program, so that would be from 6 to 7 p.m. Central uh, or 7 to 8 uh, p.m. on uh, Eastern Time or 4 to 5 uh, p.m. Uh, Pacific Time. Uh, so it's always the first hour of the program when we have the uh, Coach's Corner panel discussion. And uh, so keep that in mind. Uh, also, uh, I limit the number of, of uh, professionals on any segment to, to a maximum of three plus me. So I'd be the fourth person, much like we did tonight. Um, and also I limit, uh, in most cases, there are some exceptions of a, a last-minute cancellation. But uh, just to keep this in mind as well, uh, that I try to limit to no more than once a month for any particular uh, individual. Some players like to come back uh, on a regular basis. We've got quite a few of the, the coaches here that come back on, on a regular basis. And I uh, just want to keep that in mind that uh, I limit that. But all the instructions, if you will, will be in the email that I send out here in a few weeks. So just keep in mindful of that. Uh, for those of you that have been on the Coach's Corner panel, I will send that out in a couple of weeks. <clears throat> and excuse me. And for those of you that have never been on the panel discussion, 
uh, and would like to throw your hat in the ring, as I said, by all means, please send me an email and indicate your, your uh, um, interest in being part of the Coach's Corner panel uh, and send it to ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. Uh, again, that's ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. And you can also email me too, for those of you that maybe uh, have uh, never been on the show before, but you're somebody in the golf industry. You don't necessarily have to be a golf teacher professional or coach. Uh, you might be an entrepreneur that's maybe invented a great product or something that uh, you feel is, is helping uh, some of our fellow golfers out there, uh, or you, maybe it's a new product that you uh, want to get the word out there. I'm always interested in taking a look at that, and uh, I will do my best to, to try and uh, work you into next, week, uh, next year's schedule. Rather, uh, I am booked up for the rest of this season, so I don't really have any room uh, for any new guests this year, uh, but if you want to be kept in mind uh, for the next season, uh, you want to start sending that information out to me uh, right away so that I can get you, because uh, I literally book months in advance. So, uh, again, reach out to me at ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. Uh, your interest in being uh, maybe a featured guest, which, of course, follows the, uh, uh, the Coach's Corner panel discussions. Um, I'm going to just try and, and check and see uh, what's happening with Dave here. He may be running in. I know he is on a different time zone than me, so he may be running into... Uh, a time issue, so I'm just going to check it out and see what, uh, uh, try and reach out to him and see if maybe he has uh, got the uh, time mixed up or something, but uh, we'll give him a little bit longer, and uh, for some reason, if he's not uh, not able to uh, make it this evening, we'll uh, do our best to get him back in on another date, but um, I want to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, also take this opportunity to thank uh, really, all the listeners, I know I do this normally at the end of the show, but I'm going to kill a couple of minutes here doing this, so forgive me. I apologize. Uh, but I want to take this opportunity to thank all of you, the listeners, um, that faithfully have uh, followed the program each and every year. I know there's many great uh, golf professionals out there that have followed the show. Um, some have been on the show. Some are just following, and, and maybe uh, maybe it's their first time, or maybe they followed it uh, for a few years now. And I want to take this opportunity to uh, really thank them for all of their continued support uh, for really both the shows, both uh, the Women of Golf Show and Golf Talk Live. Uh, you've really um, done a great job in, in keeping up with the program and spreading the word uh, on my behalf, and it's really, uh, really blossomed out. Both shows have done extremely well uh, over the last several years, and that's why, obviously, I keep them going, and they're going to continue to grow. And I've got a lot of new and exciting things I'm going to be doing uh, in the new year, and I'm not going to leaked them out quite yet. I'm still working on a few of them, but some other things I'm going to be adding to the program and doing a few things a little bit differently perhaps, um, but uh, going to generally keep the same format, maybe add a few new things to it as well. But um, I want to just really thank all of the listeners worldwide for faithfully tuning in each and every week. It means a lot, and I appreciate some of the, the great feedback that I get. And, and keep the questions coming too. For those of you that, um, that uh, have sent me uh, emails, have emailed me some questions that you'd like me to ask the panels like I did tonight. Uh, by all means, you can do that uh, by sending them to uh, questions.golftalklive at gmail.com. That's questions.golftalklive at gmail.com. If you send those uh, to me, what I will do is um, I will periodically throw them in uh, the mix, if you will, like I did tonight. And, uh, and ask the, the coaches the, the questions and, and gets hopefully some answers that will help you a little bit with your game. That's really what we're here for. Uh, we're here to help you guys. 
And by all means, don't uh, be afraid. We would love for you to call into the program. You're welcome to do so during the live broadcast. And again, that number is area code 646-716-4667. That's 646-716-4667. Uh, once again, I appreciate uh, all of the listeners for, for faithfully tuning in uh, each and every week here on the program. And it's really, I mean this sincerely, it's really been through your uh you know, your listenership and also the participation of some great golf professionals uh, from literally all over the United States, Canada, and even some from around the world that have uh, come on the show and, and really helped to make it a first-class show here in Golf Talk Live and as equally uh, a first-class show for the women of golf. So thank you, everybody, uh, for all of your continued support. I know it's uh, sometimes not always easy when we're busy doing other things to be able to tune in, but I appreciate it. And that's one of the great things about the platform that we have um, you can tune in live if you're able, and if you're not, you can always go back in and listen to the archive uh, versions on any of the shows, and uh, you can go right back to the beginning or listen to, to uh, whatever shows you want and as many times you want. Um, and the uh, links, again, just to let everybody know, uh, the principal links, of course, are at blogtalkradio.com forward slash golf talk live or forward slash women of golf, or you can just simply type in either program women of golf or golf talk live up in the search key and that will take you there. And of course, if you scroll down, you'll find the on demand section very uh, just a little bit below and, and uh, you can listen to any of the uh, previously aired shows whenever it's convenient for you. Uh, I'm going to give it a, a few more minutes here. As I said, I'm not sure. I suspect that probably uh, Dave has run into uh, uh, either a time issue. He may still be out in the golf course and uh, that happens, uh, unfortunately, from time to time. And that's one of the things with a, a live broadcast. Sometimes uh, that happens. And uh, it's not a, not a big issue. I've done this many times before. So I, uh, I just sort of keep going and keep going until uh, I feel it's time to cut it off. But uh, what I will do is I'll give him a few more minutes. And uh, I'm just going to send him a quick little reminder just to see if... Um, if uh, maybe he's run into a problem and uh, if you can just bear with me. So what I'm going to do in the meantime is I'm going to uh, have you guys listen one more time to the uh, audio clip from golfswing.com, our sponsor tonight of Coach's Corner. Are you finally ready to improve your golf game? Golfswing.com is changing the way golfers learn online. With the largest collection of golf training programs and drills on the planet, golfswing.com can help you improve every part of your game. Whether you want to gain more distance, hit it closer, or just sink more putts, Golfswing.com staff of world-class coaches can help you gain the results you need. Watch unlimited videos on any device from anywhere in the world and start playing better, scoring lower, having more fun, and saving money. Get your fix on demand at Golfswing.com. All right, as I mentioned, that was uh, the sponsor, for the Coach's Corner panel, golfswing.com. And uh, what a great uh, bunch of guys um, at uh, golfswing.com. And as I mentioned, uh, they're sponsoring the Coach's Corner panel segment here on Golf Talk Live for the next uh, little while. And uh, it's, you know, really what they've done is they've, they've put together their cutting-edge technology uh, and teamed up alongside some really great uh, golf instructors uh, and coaches in the business and uh, really, in my opinion, created one of the best video teaching and training online platforms in golf. I've, I've witnessed a lot of them out there, and uh, in my opinion, uh, they're among the best. Um, and, you know, if you're re really somebody that's trying to work on your game, maybe you're struggling to break 100 or 90, uh, 80, or even 70, then I would strongly uh, urge you to join their online video academy, and, and you will 
in in my opinion, certainly learn from some of the best teachers out there. The video, videos are very well done, uh, very professionally done, and uh, I, I think that you'll learn a lot from from watching them. And as I said uh, a little while ago, you know, it will make a great uh, Christmas gift for that golfer in your family, um, and uh, getting them an, an online subscription with. Uh, a monthly subscription and I don't believe there's any long-term commitments you can do it month by month if I'm not mistaken but uh, go on and read in the information and, and check it out and if you want to get a sample of some of the uh, the videos uh, you can visit my my personal page on Facebook or LinkedIn uh, and of course my name is Ted last name is Odorico and it's O-D-O-R-I-C-O is the correct spelling and you can just go there and visit uh, online those pages or my Twitter handle is Ted and Buck CEO and CEO is in capital letters. You can uh, follow me on Twitter, and you can uh, see them all there as well, including all of the uh, updates on the programs as well. Um, but uh, if you check them out there, you'll see it. And the last uh, several weeks, I've been featuring, of course, uh, golf uh, professional golfer John Decker. Uh, he is one of the swing instructors with GolfSwing.com and uh, up in the Ohio area. And uh, he's been a, a regular on the Coach's Corner panel and a, a featured guest uh, over the last uh, several years as well. And he's a great guy. Um, there were a number of videos that I've posted up over the last several weeks of his. And as I said tonight after the show, I'm going to be uh, featuring a new uh, professional uh, for the next few weeks, um, Jeff Mitchell. He's a PGA golf instructor as well. And he's got some great videos up on uh, golfswing.com. So make sure you visit uh, those pages and uh, and check them out well i'm not sure what's happened to my to my guest tonight so uh, i apologize uh, it looks like he may have run into a problem i've sent him a message and i'm just going to give him a few more minutes and we'll see if uh, he's able to uh, to come on board like i said uh, he's uh, out in arizona as well and may have got mixed up with the time uh, difference and uh, maybe off a little bit so we'll just give him a few more minutes here and uh, so if you can bear with me and otherwise uh, what we'll do is we'll uh, end the show a little bit earlier tonight and I will uh, do my best to get Dave uh, back on the show uh, as, as quickly as I can. I'll see if I can squeeze him in before the end of the season. Uh, if not, I'll have to reschedule him for early next year. But um, anyways, we'll give him a few more minutes and, uh, and see what happens. And as I said, I apologize for, for those of you that were tuning in specifically to hear to, Dave, and, and uh, I'm hoping that he is going to make it uh, for at least part of the segment. <clears throat> but anyways, um, don't forget, as I said, to go to uh, blogtalkradio.com, uh, type in either Golf Talk Live or Women of Golf, and that will take you to the main pages, and you can listen to the shows in their entirety. And uh, appreciate it always. And uh, I'll be sending, as I said uh, earlier, I'll be sending out the Coach's Corner panel schedule here in a few weeks. Uh, for those of you that... Uh, aren't uh, currently on the schedule but want to uh, maybe throw your hat in the ring, uh, please send me an email uh, indicating your interest in being a part of the Coach's Corner panel for next season in 2019. Uh, do so by sending it uh, to uh, ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. Uh, or if you're somebody that's in the golf industry and maybe interested in being a, just a guest next year, uh, maybe you're not uh, wanting to get on the panel per se, but maybe you've got a, a great product or maybe – uh, you're a teaching pro or, or coach, uh, or maybe you've written a great uh, golf uh, instructional book or a golf book. Uh, might even be just a, a great story about golf that you want to share with the audience. Uh, by all means, please uh, send me an email. And again, that's uh, ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. Um, 
Uh, again, as I said, I'm not sure what's happened to tonight's guest, but I suspect that he's probably run into uh, a time issue and uh, uh, or maybe uh, still out in the golf course uh, with some of his uh, his students and maybe hasn't been able to uh, uh, to get to uh, uh, his uh, destination yet. And I'll just give him a few more minutes, pardon me, uh, a few more minutes here, and then we'll uh, we'll uh, end the program a little bit early tonight. So one of the things that um, I'll talk about here for a few minutes um, while I've got it, and that is, as for many of you, especially up in the Northeast, of course, we had Brian uh, Dobby on Coach's Corner panel, who's up in the New Jersey area, and then up in the Massachusetts area, of course, is Peter Ekazarian, uh, who was also on the panel discussion. So obviously, um, Brian had indicated, of course, they teach all year round because they've got an indoor facility. Uh, but some of the coaches up there don't. And so, uh, or maybe you don't have a facility that's close by that you can go indoor and, and work on your game through the winter months. So here's some things that you might want to do uh, that you can do right from home. Uh, you can always work on fitness. That's That's a premium. One of the biggest mistakes that we see um, on the Coach's Corner panel is we see a lot of our what we call our, our hibernators, if you will, up in the Northeast particularly, or even the Northwest. When the temperatures get a little chilly, uh, everybody wants to sort of hunker down for the winter, and maybe they've got some other activities that they're doing, and, and golf sort of uh, falls by the wayside. And then uh, when the spring thaw comes and they want to get back out there, uh, they're out of shape and they're not really in a, in a good uh, position to be able to uh, play at their best uh, because they haven't maybe picked up a club or they haven't done a lot uh, maybe for uh, several months, depending on how, how uh, severe and how long the winter months are. So some things that you can do, uh, first and foremost, uh, keep yourself in good shape. Uh, you know, nutrition is important, of, of course, and that doesn't mean you can't sneak a, a slice or two of pizza here and there, but you don't want to be eating a lot of junk food. Uh, through the winter or eating big heavy meals uh, obviously because that's going to pack some weight on uh, but that's not going to be good for keeping up your energy and things like that and you want to be able to get out there and and get into a good fitness program and what I would strongly suggest uh, is that you reach out to uh, if you're up in the New York area uh, if you go to nygolffitnessguru.com my good friend Brett Cohen who is going to be on I believe next week on the program uh, which will be, I uh, think, if I'm not mistaken, his final show for the season, uh, is a great fitness instructor, a golf fitness, uh, certified golf fitness instructor up in the New York, uh, Manhattan area. So if you're up in that northeastern area, even New Jersey, it's not that far away, uh, you may want to reach out to him. So go to nygolffitnessguru.com and reach out to my good friend Brett Cohen. Uh, he's just one of, of uh, the many great golf fitness instructors out there, uh, but he's up in that northeastern area. So if you're somebody that's maybe... Uh, you know, as I said, thinking about hibernating for the season, he would be a good one to reach out to. Uh, and he particularly works with the 50 plus crowd, which is where, of course, yours truly falls into um, and helps us really maintain uh, a good, healthy uh, body so that we can get out there and, and do a lot of the activities that we want to do. And, and especially for golf, uh, the last thing that you want to do is just sort of, as I said, hunker down for the winter and, and plop yourself in that lazy board chair or, or flop out in a couch and not really keep yourself active and doing it. Um, so get the fitness uh, component down right, and best reach out to a certified golf fitness instructor 
uh, for those of you that are a little more serious about your game and like to get out there and play several rounds through the, the warmer months, uh, this is a good way to keep those muscles and everything toned up and in good shape. And these are areas that are conducive for playing good golf. Just going and lifting weights at the gym and that doesn't necessarily going to help your golf game. In fact, in some ways, depending on what your workout routines you're doing, can actually uh, hamper or hurt your golf game. So you want to make sure that you reach out to somebody that specializes in proper uh, physical routines and nutritional routines, uh, regimens, if you will, uh, that are going to be conducive to playing some good golf. The other thing that you want to do if you don't have access or can't go to an indoor facility uh, is reach out to, if you're, if you're working with somebody, great. If you're not, maybe reach out to your local golf professional and say, hey, um, I don't have access to, you know, or maybe I don't have a lot of time. Are there some things that I can do uh, while I'm at home and, and in the house, um, I certainly don't want you swinging uh, golf clubs and hitting golf balls in the house, but there might be some simple things that you can do. Uh, maybe just, you know, while you're sitting there watching TV, uh, you know, you can sit there and work on your grip. Um, maybe if you uh, have a room that you can go to and you can uh, put a, a full-length mirror, you can get one very, very cheaply at, uh, at any, really any store, any hardware store, and lean it up against the wall, or if you've got one that's mounted on the wall, and just look at the different positions that you're getting into. In other words, um, and, and I would ideally recommend, depending on your circumstances and where you live, um, if you've got a sh- what's called a short club or some of these practice clubs that are not full length, that you can actually kind of swing them or go through the motions of the swing without having to worry about you know knocking lamps uh, down or, or scuffing up the ceiling uh, or the floor for that matter. Uh, but you can actually um, get into the different golf positions as far as uh, you know your backswing and and uh, what sort of what in- impact will look at and look like and that sort of thing and your follow through uh, and you can work at that um, while looking into the mirror, getting into that athletic position and working on some of these fundamentals and that that we've talked about so many times and at least you're you're engaging and you're doing things and also uh, maybe joining a great online video academy like GolfSwing.com. Uh, and learning from some great golf professionals out there, some tips and training. So this is your opportunity through these winter months for those of you that don't have the opportunity to maybe come down to Florida or, or go out to Arizona or even out to Southern California, San Diego perhaps, um, and, and get into some of these warmer climates where you can play some golf um, and don't have the opportunity to, to get into a facility, an indoor facility up north to, to keep working on your game. There's things that you can do inside, and I would strongly recommend that you connect uh, with your local uh, golf professional and get them to put together a little plan. It, you know, it's very, very inexpensive. Uh, a lot of times they can give you some general tips that might even give you for free uh, in some cases, depending on what it is and how extensive it is, but uh, give you some things that, to be working on through the winter months so that when you uh, get back out there in the spring, you're ready to go and maybe just a quick lesson or two, a refresher, uh, and you're ready to hit the links again and have some enjoyable golf. Otherwise, you've got to start from, as I say, sort of from ground zero again, and that's the worst thing that you can do. So um, that's what I would suggest you do. There's some great things that you can do uh, inside uh, if you're not able to get into an outdoor facility, uh, an indoor facility, pardon me. All right, well, guys, uh, I hate to say this, but unfortunately it looks like uh, my guest tonight, uh, uh, Dave Bisbee, is not going to be able to uh, join me. I have not heard back from him as of yet, so I suspect he's, uh, perhaps caught in some traffic, or he may be still involved uh, at, uh, at the uh, golf facility, at the golf club, and uh, isn't able to uh, to join me tonight. So I will uh, stop the program now, and, and uh, I will continue 
to make an effort to get him uh, to reschedule for another date. But uh, again, thank you to the Coach's Corner panel tonight, Peter Egrazarian, Chuck Evans, and Brian Dobby for uh, joining me tonight. Great discussion on the panel. And uh, again, my apologies uh, that Dave uh, wasn't able to join me tonight here on the program. I know many of you were tuning in for that, but I will endeavor to, uh, to get him back on. And, and uh, as I said earlier, these things happen, and, and uh, that's uh, one of the things when you're doing live broadcast that you periodically run into this situation. So on that note, thank you, everybody, for, for tuning in faithfully. Uh, each and every week, as I said earlier. Uh, God bless you. Have a great week, and I will see you next week right here on Golf Talk Live. Bye-bye.